Welcome to Talking Business Now. I'm your host, Kelly Scanlon. Thank you for joining us. Our guest on this episode of Talking Business Now is James Geary. He is the author of Wit's End, What Wit Is, How It Works, and Why We Need It. He is also the author of four previous books, including the New York Times bestseller, The World in a Phrase. He's the deputy curator at Harvard University's Neiman Foundation for Journalism and a sought-after speaker and avid juggler. James says that wit is much more than just being able to deliver a snappy comeback. Rather, it's the quick, instinctive intelligence that allows us to think, say, or do the right thing at the right time in the right place. In today's episode of Talking Business Now, James introduces us to the wit quotient, or the WQ as he calls it. It's about the ability to make connections between two things that don't seem to be related. If you're an entrepreneur, you're probably thinking, I do that all day long. James explains how using puns can help you develop your wit quotient and sharpen your business acumen. That's what business owners and entrepreneurs are doing, you know, 24 hours a day. Um, You're constantly encountering unexpected situations, uh, maybe unexpected business opportunities or unexpected setbacks or financial challenges. And you have to live by your wits and you have to improvise. And I think punning shows how everybody can do that. We'll hear more from James and how you can use wit in your business right after this message from our sponsor, Interobang Solutions. Would you like to position your company as an industry thought leader? Increase engagement and build credibility with prospects and clients? Establish your influence as a trusted resource? Interobang Solutions offers full-service writing and publishing solutions that deliver your company's messages with a bang. You can count on us to provide turnkey solutions that support your existing marketing and communication staff or act as your full-service outsourced partner. Interobang Solutions, providing custom writing, editing, and publishing solutions. Visit www.interobangsolutions.com. We're talking business now with James Geary, the deputy curator at the Neiman Foundation for Journalism at Harvard University. In this episode of Talking Business Now, James talks with us about his latest book, What Wit Is, How It Works, and Why We Need It. Welcome, James. Thank you for having me, Kelly. Absolutely. Let's just get right to the basic question. What is wit and what is wisdom? Well, wit and wisdom are actually, in my opinion, and as I hope I show in the in the book, uh, the same thing. Uh, both words uh, come from an ancient Sanskrit verb, uh, vid, which means to see. And that Sanskrit word vid uh, is where words like video come from, uh, and also where words like witness come from, meaning to see or uh, to know. A witness is someone who sees something and therefore knows something. And wit is the same word as as is wisdom. So whenever you're strolling in a bookshop and you see books with titles like The Wit and Wisdom of Abraham Lincoln or The Wit and Wisdom 
of Dorothy Parker, that's actually redundant because both of those, both of those um, ty- uh, words mean the same thing. And I think the thing that connects wit and wisdom is the ability to make connections, to uh, observe what's going on in the world around you, and to take things from different fields of experience or different fields of endeavor and combine them in new and surprising and, and novel ways. And I think that's what uh, the essence of wit is. And properly used, I think wit can lead to wisdom. And we see that in, in expressions uh, that we use in day-to-day life, like living by your wits. Um, when you're living by your wits, you're kind of improvising. You're being entrepreneurial. And you're coming up with solutions or inventions or innovations based on uh, the things that, that are around you. And so I think that's very wise and very witty. Well, as I mentioned in the introduction, you've written a book on this topic. Why did you think there was a need today, especially for a book like this? Well, (laughs) I think um, if you read the news today, you can easily come to the conclusion that as many people do, that we live in an age uh, without wit or a witless age. And I think that's in in many cases true. Um, I think my original motivation was I've just been, since I was a little kid, I've been fascinated by language and by wordplay, and I've always admired people who are witty in a verbal way, you know, comedians like Groucho Marx or Lily Tomlin. I just love the way that they were able to play with words and and make people laugh, but also make people think. And I think that's... um, that's a fundamental aspect of wit. It's not just about being able to crack jokes, but it's being able to prompt people to think or rethink um, views or opinions that they, they've held or views and opinions that they've never encountered before. And I think now, given what's happening in politics and society, where there are so many divisions uh, and, and so many people who seem to be unwilling to listen to what, uh, uh, listen to opposing views or alternate points of view, I think we could, we could use some more wit in our lives because um, I think wit is being able to uh, hold different ideas about the same thing in your mind at the same time and to kind of come to a synthesis and think them through. Um, Given your definition of wit, it has so many broad applications. You mentioned politics, and uh, you know our listenership is mostly sea uh, level executives and entrepreneurs. Talk to us about how you can take wit, your definition of it, and you mentioned verbal wit too. I know that you've got other expressions of it, and, and apply that to innovation and entrepreneurship and scientific discovery. How does it apply there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I, like I said, I think the the essence of wit is not necessarily making jokes, but making connections. And I think that's what entrepreneurs, that's what innovators, that's what scientists, people who make discoveries, that's what they do. They, they, they make connections between things that seem unrelated, uh, but actually are related, or um, you know, have never been observed or brought together in, the, in quite the, that way before. And I think a, a really interesting um, and probably well-known example is the guy who invented Velcro. A, a well-known origin story of, of uh, a, a modern invention. He was walking his dog through the woods and observed how the burrs that uh, stuck to his clothing and stuck to his uh, dog's fur, how they managed to attach themselves to different kinds of material. And that's how he got the idea for Velcro. And he, he thought in a flash, you know, that aha, eureka moment, um, 
well, this has uses other than just uh, as a way for a plant to spread its seeds and reproduce itself. And for me, that is like an essential wit experience because in that moment, he was making a connection between a natural phenomenon and a human need and a potential product that can fill that need. So for me, that's um, an example of creative wit uh, at, at work. And the aha moment of discovery, whether it's in innovation um, or, or scientific discovery, I think is related to the ha-ha moment of getting a joke or a punchline and the aha moment of like having an aesthetic experience or an aesthetic insight. I think they all involve making these novel surprising connections. And that all comes down to wit. In just an everyday business, being able, as you said, to see relationships between seemingly disparate um, comments that people make or or ideas that uh, perhaps are raised by your staff, they, that all is a benefit to you. To If you can connect those, a lot of times discovery within your business on a smaller level uh, is, is yeah. uh, open to you then. Yeah, absolutely. And that can happen within... Um, within a sort of the management realm where you're looking to motivate employees or it can happen within the consumer realm where you're looking through con- consumer feedback about, about your products. And I think, again, it comes back to paying attention. And I think in order to use your wits and to live by your wits, you need to pay attention. You need to pay very keen attention, very acute attention to your surroundings. And I think what um, the creative mind when it's being witty is doing is uh, paying attention to all that incoming information, all that incoming data, and then seeing where it fits within the person's other realms of experience and knowledge. And that's where you get um, a management innovation or a management initiative to address employee concerns or um, a new product initiative or a new service or providing some other aspect um, to your uh, service that that consumers um, you know seem to be demanding and may not even be consciously uh, aware that they're looking for this but that can be deduced from from the nature of their feedback so I think that's all about paying attention and applying your wits to uh, that kind of data that's coming in very true you mentioned you referenced earlier uh, verbal wit but what are some other expressions of wit that we should using your words be paying attention to yeah so I think there could be visual uh, wit as well as verbal wit. I think someone like the clowns, for example, are, are visually witty. They don't say anything, um, but they do things that are witty. And one of my favorite um, comedians of all time is Buster Keaton, a silent comedian. Um, and his, um, his films are, are just filled with uh, visual delights that are incredibly witty and incredibly funny, uh, but involve no language at all. And the same is true for visual artists. So in, in uh, you know, painting, you can be witty. Um, um, and in sculpture, you can be witty. And so I think, again, the, the, what's common in those uh, fields is that they're making connections between things and giving things a twist that make you look at the world in kind of fresh, novel, and surprising ways. Mm-hmm. And in the business uh, environment, they always say that nonverbal communication plays a large role alongside verbal. So as a manager or an executive in a business, 
you should really be paying attention to that visual, which would express itself as body language. Is that what? You, yes. Is that how you would classify? I think that's it? an excellent point, and it goes back to paying keen attention to your surroundings. Um, my own experience, uh, office experience, for example, I always um, pay during meetings. I pay very close attention to how people are sitting, and um, they're kind of not just their posture, but their actual position at the table. Um, and I observed, for example, that I noticed that one colleague um, typically sat with her back to uh, her, her colleagues. And often you can position yourself uh, in a way that kind of counters that. So move in front of a person or engage them in some way um, that kind of shows them, um, please join the group. You know, please don't turn your back to us. Let's talk about WQ, what you define as the wit quotient. How can people enhance or improve their WQ? Do you have some simple techniques for doing that? <laughs> yes, and I'm afraid one of the best techniques is to make puns. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, you either love puns or you hate them. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So I think um, puns are like, you know, we always feel compelled to apologize when we make a pun. You know, sorry, no pun intended. Um, but what I argue in the book is that actually puns are uh, really one of the highest forms of wit because they are a very common um, but powerful expression of that ability to make connections that we were talking about um, at the beginning. And so when you make a, a pun, you know, if, if you've seen one shopping center, you've seen them all. You've seen <laughs> a mall. <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay, you laughed. You didn't groan, so that's good. <laughs> I got it, um, definitely. I'm a pun lover, actually. <laughs> oh, good. Excellent. So, um, you, know, so that, you know, that may feel like, oh, it's just a, a stupid pun, but actually what's happening there um, is you're making a connection between uh, two things that really have nothing to do with each other. They just sound alike. And that may seem trivial in the context of any single pun, but that ability, the mind's ability to do that, and the listener's ability to understand it immediately, spontaneously, that is the essence of that kind of combinatorial magic of, of wit. And it happens, it's, it's kind of like being able to improvise on the fly. And I think that's what business owners and entrepreneurs are doing, you know, 24 hours a day. Um, you're constantly encountering unexpected situations, uh, maybe unexpected business opportunities or unexpected setbacks or financial challenges, and you have to live by your wits and you have to improvise. And I think punning shows how everybody can do that and everybody can um, uh, understand puns and get puns without them needing to be explained. So the way to in uh, increase your wit quotient is to kind of just kind of make puns <laughs> and it's kind of you can have little mini competitions around the dinner table or in the cafeteria with your colleagues and what i do is i you know pick a pick a theme and then everybody tries to make a pun about that and it's just like um exercising your muscles you know lifting weights um when you start making puns like that on a regular basis it kind of trains your brain to make those kind of novel, surprising, improvisational connections. And it doesn't remain just in the realm of language and, you know, silly puns, but you then realize, wow, I'm starting to make connections all the time <laughs> between other things. And so you notice that you're connecting observations 
that you have or insights that you have with other things that you've read or people that you've talked to and can really train your mind to make connections and puns are a great way to do it and in a way that's kind of building block of the the wit quotient one of my most fun exercises this is going to make me sound really silly but still it was one of my most fun exercises at some point in grade school i don't remember when it was was the teacher gave us an assignment to open the dictionary yes that was back when they were physical books and look at the the word on the top left hand side of the page and then look at the word on the top right hand side of the opposite page and write a paragraph that connected the two and i i just always wow. remember that exercise and thought i mean she was ahead of her time, I think, because that's similar to what you're talking about right now. That's exactly what I'm talking about right now. You had a, mm-hmm. you had a great teacher, and that's it is the same thing. It's being given two like unrelated sets of information or things, and then your task is to make something of it. And I think that's basically the task of you know business people every single day. Um, and I think doing those kind of exercises not only trains your mind, you know, individually to to be more nimble and, and to be um, more able to spot uh, hidden connections and things, but also if you do them in a group in the context of staff meetings or, you know, just regular team meetings, um, it does, it creates a bond, you know, because humor creates a bond. Um, I'm sure, you know, we've all had the experience of attending a conference or a business meeting and the keynote speaker, what is the first thing that the keynote speaker always does when the keynote speaker gives a keynote speech? She tells a joke as the first mm-hmm. kind of uh, the first statement. And why do people do that? Because humor, wit, creates a sense of intimacy. It, cre- it creates a sense of connection. Um, like puns, it's like I don't explain a pun to you. You get the pun. So we are like teammates. We're collaborating to um, to solve this pun or to get this joke. And I think when you do that in, in teams and it becomes a friendly kind of competitive um, uh, experience, that creates a kind of bond and a kind of intimacy because to do it, you have to play off each other. And I think that is a kind of in a small way exactly what teams are doing in, in a business environment. They're Uh, responding to what the other person is doing and uh, adapting their own performance based on on that. So I think it has benefits for the individual in making connections, but also within a group to strengthen the connections within a group. Yeah. And and there's so much more that we could talk about today. There are so many applications, as you've mentioned, to politics, to pop culture, to uh, even diving further down into discovery and innovation. But people are just going to have to go get your book to read more about that. So where can we get your book? Oh, well, you can check it out uh, on my website, www.jamesgeary.com. And the book is available through Amazon or Barnes & Noble. You can order it online. And if you want to patronize a local independent bookstore, check out the website IndieBound, which um, does online ordering services for independent bookshops. James, it's been great talking with you today. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Kelly. It was my pleasure. We appreciate the support of our sponsor, Intero Bang Solutions, providing writing, editing, and publishing services. Give them a call at 913-220-4251 or visit interobangsolutions.com. And thank you for tuning in today. Please be sure to join us for the next episode of Talking Business Now.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.